We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. And time to bring in a man who has both won a World Series and performed with Pearl Jam at Fenway Park. We won't ask him which one is more fun or more gratifying. We've gone down that road before. We've got other things to talk about with longtime MLB pitcher Bronson Arroyo, who joins us on the score. Good morning, Bronson. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, bro. Too early to be getting my juices flowing on Jeremy like that. Huh? <laughs> I know, but we knew it. We knew it was bound to happen. Um, but you know, the juice is flowing. When I think of David Ross, I think of a guy like with tremendous energy, like really bubbly, excitable energy. But what did he bring to you? As, as we talk about him as a manager, what, do we br- what did he bring to you when he was your catcher? Because you guys in Cincinnati had some magic together in, in your best season, Bronson, your all-star season. You and David Ross had some magic together. What, what did he bring to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, as a player, he brought well, – we both got traded about the same time, and we both were coming from different places, and, and he was kind of trying to find his way into being, you know, a starting catcher in the game. And so, you know, me and him got off to a really great start what made him special for me was the fact that I pitched so unorthodox. I pitched outside the box. I pitched backwards. <laughs> I had a very strange style of trying to pick hitters apart. It's a mental chess game. And he could follow along after seeing the way that I pitched for a while. And it was not easy for catchers to follow along with my thought process. And he, he could, he also played great defense. He obviously could throw runners out. Um, you know, and he really enjoyed playing on the defensive side of the ball, which is it's not always that way with major league catchers. Some guys like a Mike Piazza, or Jason Kendall, I think they enjoy being at the plate a lot more, and they, they don't really focus on their defense quite as much. And, and so it was nice to have a guy who was back there who you felt like you'd go to war with um, every day and that he was he was there for you on the defensive side of the ball. And, and, and as well, he, he also, like you said, temperament-wise, he, he brings energy. He was always optimistic. He just is kind of really consistent. And that's really what you want out of a teammate is somebody who, when they show up to the park every day, you, you understand what his mood will be like. Brunson, this is uh, Bruce Levine. Welcome to the show. And I want to know, did you see a potential for him as a leader, uh, maybe down the road as something else? You know, did you pay attention to those things for all the players that you played with throughout your long career? Well, yeah, I think there's there's always little hints and clues, right, along the way of guys who are just, you know they're 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 buttoned up in their life. They pay their bills on time. Their word means something. They show up on time. They leave tickets for people at the will call window when they say they will. There's all these small clues that happen along the way. But I, I've actually been you know a little surprised because you know I'm 42 years old. I played the game for 22 years, but I still feel like I'm 25 years old as we all do. And so I I don't in my mind a guy like Gabe Kapler and and uh, Dave Roberts. And David Ross, they're they're not old enough to be managers yet in my mind. It's like <laughs> right. it's like this weird paradox where you don't realize that your manager is actually forty something years old sometimes when you're twenty three years old and in the major league. So it's it's strange for me to see these guys, you know, running the ship, but at the same time they all 
obviously have qualities that an organization, you know, has seen for a long period of time. And as we get later and later um, in our career, as David was in Chicago, he got an opportunity to be the backup catcher who, you know, was running the clubhouse, making sure that the young guys were doing what they were supposed to, making sure they're out on the bench on time and kind of disciplining those guys in a way which shows that leadership skills that, that, that they're looking for. I, I share your feeling of, uh, of being juvenile still in my 40s here, uh, Bronson. And, and, and David's, not, David's not too far removed from like hanging out and having drinks with some of these players as buddies, as teammates, or as, you know, a, a, as a Cubs employee last year. As a manager, can you do that? Can he, can he go and hang out um, w- with the players in the, way that, uh, in the way that you guys did as teammates? Or does he have to draw some, some weird line in the sand about it? Yeah, I think he probably has to draw a little bit of a line. You know, I, I, I definitely value a guy who, who, who can stay true to himself, right? And so David Ross was a guy who was very much my speed off the field, and he would like to go have a couple of drinks, and we'd play music late at night, and he'd love to dance and rap old 90s rap songs for me over an acoustic guitar. And so you don't want to take all of that out of the equation. But I also played for a guy like Dusty Baker, who was a mixed bag, who could go out and hang out with the players some, but I think what winds up happening is you can still go to the party, but you just leave a little earlier, right? You kind of pull that vanishing act. You're the guy who steps into the arena. You're at John Lester's house while Eddie Vedder's playing the acoustic guitar, but instead of staying until 2 o'clock in the morning, it's 11.45, and you kind of slip out the back door. That's, that's probably the way I see it. Branson Arroyo, who uh, for 11 years missed no starts, who averaged 200 innings, who was a warrior for a long time in baseballs, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. And, Brunson, uh, it's been explained to me over the years I've covered baseball that managers, for the most part, don't win games, but managers who are not good at what they do can, li- can lose games and lose a ton of them. What is your experience in that area, and do you agree with that statement? Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that for the most part. I, I think, you know, the players, the talent on the field is what wins the majority of baseball games. But if you look, obviously, you know, we, we talk about it all the time from the beginning of spring training. We, we try to, um, you know, as a team and as an organization, you try to stress the fact that every ball game matters, right? It, it, whether it's a, a, a rain-out game or a late game or a makeup game, whether you're playing, you know, the Baltimore Orioles or the, or the Rays or you're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Cincinnati Reds and maybe there's nobody in the stands, that every every game actually matters because when you when you realize at the end of the season who wins those wild card spots or who wins the division, it's always down to the wire, right? And so, um, you know, I, I think the manager plays a, a huge role if you sift out the entire season. All these minor and these small, um, you know, uh, things he's having to make decisions on, whether it's when to bring a guy out of the bullpen or how long to leave a starter in or who's going to be the extra bench player with this ball club and who's going to be, you know, is there going to be one extra outfielder? Are you going to take that 13th pitcher? All these small things, I think as you sift out the season over 162 games, it's going to matter for one, two, three, four, five games. Um, I don't think that you win a division by having a genius manager if you don't have the, the proof in the pudding, if you don't have the talent on the field. So I would definitely agree with what you said. Hey, hey Bronson, you did have a weird style of pitching. So much fun to watch, though, uh, backwards and also just like, you know, throwing the curveball at different speeds. I actually I thought of you as I watched Zach Greinke in the World Series. You must have loved watching him and, and uh, like that kind of of, uh, of of pitching. And it's nice. It can still work in this league, can it? Not everybody has to rear back and throw 90 
97, 98 and, and just blow you away. You can still be a, an artist and a, and a thinker out there. Absolutely. It's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're walking on a tightrope up there that's a little thinner than guys like, like um, Cole or Verlander. The guys who can reach back and really let it eat at 95 to 100 sometimes, you know, they've got a little bit, little bit more room for error. And so, you know, I, I really did enjoy watching Zach pitch. You know, he, he, he struggled in his first couple of games in the playoffs. And, you know, I can identify with that because when you're a guy who can't dominate with velocity anymore and just pure stuff, it takes nibbling on the corners and it takes this masterful kind of artistic um, game to be able to push through a playoff game, get deep in the ball game, and to keep putting those zeros on the board. And it's, it's definitely harder to do for a guy who's not throwing velocity, but it is possible. And that's what, you know, was so enjoyable for me was to go out there and, and like you said, have 200 innings a year, be able to get deep in ball games consistently without um, the ability to, to just overpower guys. And so I was, I was so glad that Zach had that really good last game. And, um, you know, just to, just to show that he's still world-class and um, even though his stuff has come down to what I would call a normal range now and he can't dominate the game, he's still a super-quality pitcher. Since you left the game, the Players Association looks like it's taken a major step backwards in their negotiations with major league owners. How, as a former player and obviously a smart guy who was involved with the union, how do you look at uh, the last two years of free agency, the misspoken words of uh, Anthopolis, the GM of Atlanta the hmm. other day, saying that both uh, trades and free agencies have been talked about among all the team's general managers before going into the general managers' meetings? And how do, how do they, if you agree with the premise that they've backed up, how do they get back to the, the right level for those negotiations in 2021? You know, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a slippery slope in a way. You know, it's 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 a, it's a very tough thing. You, you know, you're you're playing for a ball club. You know, your 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 ultimate boss at the top of the game is is a guy who wants you to do well, and he and if you if you do well, you're supposed to get paid, and and um, you're supposed to be, you know, um, given given credit for what you have done. And and everybody wants to make money, but they're obviously trying to save money, and everybody's trying to put money in their back pocket. You know, we're dealing with American greed, right? That's just right. the way the world works. And, you know, in the, in the last negotiations, we, it felt like uh, the Players Association didn't do a good job of, of kind of addressing the major things in the game, which for one, for me, would be like raising, raising uh, the league minimum for one to a standard where you wouldn't yes. necessarily keep a young guy on the team just because he was making, um, mm. you know, half the amount of money that a, that a guy like Miguel Cairo or, you know, kind of a, a veteran infielder or outfitter that you'd want to have as experience mm-hmm. who's gotten pushed out of the game because now he's going to make a million instead of 500000 like a rookie. You know, I think that those were things that should have been addressed, and instead we were talking a little bit more about clubhouse dues and some kind of some fringe things that I'm not so sure are going to have a huge impact. And, and you know, the next round of negotiations, I think um, I think it was probably a wake-up call in the last one. Not, not that things have gone awry because – the, the health of the game is fantastic right now, and, and we hope it continues to push in that direction. But I, I think we're going to have to really just make sure that we protect our, our own interest in the end, that things don't just you know, slide down the other side. And, and next thing you know, you know you've, got, you've got the players kind of over a barrel in a way that they're not really getting paid what they should because we want it to be a free market. We're one of the few games that have stayed that way, and, and we hope that it will continue that way in the future. Yeah, there are a lot of teams with a lot of money talking about 
cutting payroll in this off season alone. It's kind of it's kind of jarring, uh, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I wonder if there needs to. Do you guys uh, do you think there needs to be a salary cap floor in addition to this de facto salary cap that is the luxury tax? Yeah, you know, that's always been the, the question. It's like you have a salary, uh, you, you've got the luxury tax, and if you have teams like the Yankees who are giving money to the Rays, you know, I think back in 2003, 4, and 5, the, the Rays made more money than anybody else in the game, and, and it's because they had the lowest payroll. They'd taken the money from the, from these other teams, and you're, they're not forced to, to use it on the field and, and give it to the players, and so you can't really tell them where to spend their money. So it's, it's a tricky thing that somebody needs to try to solve that equation. And, you know, I, I think it's also... Um, there's so many young players in the game now that are so skilled with just pure raw talent. You know, they throw harder, they're faster, they're bigger, they're stronger, um, that a lot of teams now I think are willing to kind of wing it and go with a really young staff and keep the salaries down. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you watch the ball clubs that are in the playoffs year after year and they're winning the World Series, they have a good mix of veteran guys. You have to have that leadership because a 25-year-old guy might be in his prime physically for sports. But his mind is not where it's at. A 35-year-old guy is going to have a way bigger edge when it comes to pressure-packed situations and dealing with the emotions of the game and adrenaline and all those things. And so, you know, I've also been saying the same thing when it comes to starting pitching. You know, they're, they're, they're pulling young starters out of the game earlier and earlier now. Guys are not getting deep in the ball games. But if you look at the teams that are perennially getting deep into the playoffs and pushing to win a World Series, they still have the big three. Yep. They've got guys who can get through the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just an ebb and a flow of the game sometimes, and I think it will correct itself at some point. Hey, Bruce, I've shared a stage with Bronson Arroyo at several of these hot stove cool music events. Dude can sing. He's got a killer band. What, what's the Bronson Arroyo band up to these days, Bronson? We're playing some gigs around Cincinnati. We've got a show um, the day before Thanksgiving at, at, a, at a nice rock club called Bogarts in Cincinnati that I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. And, um, been doing that. I've been writing some original music with some guys that uh, you all know from the Hot Stove Cool Music, Jamie Aronson from Miley Cyrus. Yeah. And, and all, all the guys that I usually jam with there. We, um, we went out and cut a record. Um, not finished with it, but just having a good time playing some music and playing some shows. Have, have you ever recorded the um, the song you wrote about uh, Joey Votto driving a Lamborghini when he won, <laughs> when he won the MVP? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that one's still stuck in my iTunes. I don't, I don't know if that one's going to make it on the charts. Oh, but, uh, come on, man. It sure does still get a laugh in the clubhouse. And, and now that you reminded me of that, yeah. I'm going to break that out for opening day and play that in the locker room for Joey. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and and then what 90s uh, rap songs uh, do I need to throw at David Ross? Dude, me and Bruce uh, will go down to the clubhouse and say, all right, David, we know you know these lyrics. <laughs> oh, dude, just pick any of the old classics like Belle Biv DeVoe or Riggin. Oh, baby, you, you got what I need. Oh. Oh, Bismarck anything, Key, yeah. Anything in that in that genre there, he's going to know it. Uh, let's see. Now, Bruce, we're armed with material now for the season when it comes. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we really appreciate you joining us, Bronson, to keep up the great work. And, you know, maybe you go to the Houston organization and they treat you like uh, they did Verlander and you make a comeback next year. How do you like that? <laughs> I mean, because well, if you, if hey, you can I'm make all- – if you can make Verlander a better pitcher, uh-huh. you're an organization you better pay attention to. Well, I'm I'm all, I'm all for it, but my shoulder is my shoulder said no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson, thanks so much for the time, man. A pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You got Thank it. You, guys. you got it. Bronson Arroyo, he's a he's, he's a good dude. You're saying so whatever they uh they gave Verlander um and helped him with his quote spin rate unquote, is that where you're going, Bruce? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you you take a great pitcher and you make him 
greater. Yeah. Um, that's that's an organization everybody is paying attention Absolutely. to. Absolutely. All right, so that girl is poison. Little Belle Biv DeVoe we're going to throw at David Ross next time we see him. It's uh, Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. We're going to talk some free agency and Dodgers stuff with Jerry Harrison Jr. and some other things to get to uh, before we get out of here at 11 o'clock. He's Bruce Levine at the GM Meetings in Arizona. I'm Matt Spiegel here on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, come out to Coombs Corner Sports Grill in Lockport tomorrow for the Sportsbook at Ameristar pregame show. Listen to Hub Arkish, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz from 9 until kickoff, followed by a two-hour postgame with Hub, Patrick, and James Big Cat Williams, brought to you by Miller Lite. How about that, Bruce? Our man and Ron Coombs Coomer will be there to greet you as well. You know, he was born to be a greeter, Ron Coomer. That's a hell of a job for that guy. He could he could do it at casinos, whatever. He'd be a tremendous greeter. My my take on Coombs is he's such a Chicago guy because he mm-hmm. has connections and friends everywhere you go. He is the north side answer to Ed Farmer, who is also the same exact type guy. South side guy, connections everywhere you go, friends everywhere you go, and... Everybody seems to owe both of those guys favors. <laughs> it's I, funny I, how I, that works. I envy that. Well, yeah. golf has a lot to do with it, especially with Ed, who uh, has connections with every golf course of note throughout the country and uh, a way to get you in. But the, the price you pay back is uh, significant as far as the favor returned. Yes, well, uh, and they're also uh, they're very likable. It's, uh, it's easy to give do favors oh, God, for yeah. Coomer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Joining Northwestern Football, though, at Ryan Field this month when the Wildcats host Purdue and Minnesota in Big Ten play. Single-game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at nusports.com. Before we bring in Jerry Harrison, who's going to join us and does a great job on pre- and post-game TV for the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, former Cub, Naperville a native, family, great family, baseball history, uh, we have to point out that if Wilson Contreras, if Bryant is traded, mm-hmm. if any of the big guys in the Cubs are traded, it's there is also a residual effect of the Cubs having tried to sign most of their guys to long-term deals. Mm. We aren't privy to the exact amounts. I can tell you they've been significant over the years. That's included Addison Russell, who turned down a four-year deal uh, three years ago as well. Uh, before his world started to to fall apart. So it's not like, hey, we're just getting rid of these guys. 
if these guys are traded, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they have not been able to sign these guys to long-term controllable contracts with an eye on the future as far as how to put their teams together. So that's a significant part of this when you consider hearing these rumors about Contreras and Bryant, that that's, that is indeed a part of the equation. It's a very interesting offseason for the Cubs who are trying to uh, return to elite status as they find themselves chasing some other organizations like the Astros or the Nationals and certainly the Los Angeles Dodgers who just keep winning and winning. Even though they don't win the big one, Bruce, they're awfully good all the time. Let's talk about them and let's talk some free agency with our next guest. Absolutely. Jerry Harrison Jr., Naperville native, Southern Illinois, uh, former player there and uh, collegiate there and uh, a great major league career now doing pre and post with the Dodgers on TV with uh, Alyssa Rizzo uh, joins us on uh, Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Jerry. Morning, Bruce. Matt, how yeah. you guys doing? We're good. Yeah, Thank we're you. Do, we're doing great. Let's take a, a first look at free agency, Jerry, and what it's been about over the last two years, and where do you think the Players Association is? I know you were involved as a, a player like most of the players were while during your career. But where do you think the players stand in their uh, negotiating with the owners? And uh, do, do they have to do a little bit better job of paying attention to some of the details next time around when the uh, CBA is looked at in 2021? Well, I'm really good friends with Tony Clark. Uh, we talk probably every four or five months. Uh, the one thing I do know, uh, probably the more time – than any time in the history of the Players Association. I think the players are as prepared and are ready to be very aggressive in the next collective bargaining agreement. Uh, the, the last few years, uh, it's been a slow process with eight, uh, with free agents, especially the elite free agents. I mean, we've gotten, you know, Manny Machado, Bruce, uh, excuse me, uh, Bryce Harper signed, you know, late in the free agency. Now they've gotten their money. Uh, but it's just taken forever for them to sign. And then guys that are, you know, probably uh, uh, good players, like the Adam Jones, are, are affected by that. Mm -hmm. uh, so something needs to happen on both sides. You know, Major League Baseball is in the dark ages when it comes as far as marketing uh, its teams, its players. Mm -hmm. And they, they, could, they could take advantage of free agency by putting deadlines at, let's say, the winter meetings. You're, you have to sign certain players, these free agents, by a certain date. And if, if you don't do that, you're un, unable to sign certain players. And I really believe uh, they've really uh, hurt themselves, the product, as far as uh, free agency. I mean, look, look at the rush the NBA has uh, in the offseason. When you know their stars come out in free agency, they have a deadline when you can sign these guys. And, it is, and it's a free fraud. It's exciting. You know, Major League Baseball does not take advantage of it, and that has to change. But back to the players, and make no mistake about it, they know the next uh, collective bargaining agreement, they have to make sure things change. If, if they don't change, I'm scared that uh, something might happen where uh, I, I hope it doesn't happen, but, 
you know, there could be some type of uh, stoppage. And I hope they're able to agree before before it comes to that. Jerry, I couldn't agree more about the hot stove season. Baseball invented off-season intrigue, you know? And then yeah. all these other leagues have absolutely passed them by, and it's become a frustrating endeavor. Um, you mentioned the possibility of a work stoppage. Are, are the players unified in terms of the priorities, like what they want? Um, because there's so many different things that they could try to go for from your conversations with Tony, are the players unified? They're completely unified. And not only are they unified, you're hearing veteran players like Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen uh, talk publicly uh, about that, about their frustration. Guys that have already made their money are, are frustrated with the, with, the, with, the, with the process the last couple of years. So these guys are extremely unified. They're aware of what's been said uh, by GMs. Uh, you know, the possible, possibility of collusion uh, with, among clubs. So there's stuff that's been talked, up, talked about publicly in, in recent months and years where the players are very aware of what's been going on. So, uh, again, you know, I love the game of baseball. I'm hoping both sides come to an agreement and understand that this is the type of uh, a thing that will, will hurt the Major League Baseball. Uh, we cannot have that type of work stoppage uh, again. But, uh, but, again, I'll reiterate, these players uh, have been frustrated for a long time, and they are very well organized and are aware what has been happening the last three or four years. Jerry Harrison Jr. joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're here for you 52 weeks out of the year, Saturday morning from 9 to 11, talking baseball on the score. Jerry, uh, when you look at David Ross, uh, part of the new wave of managers being hired, and uh, you know uh, that um, – He's got a mind of his own, that he's going to be his own man. Yet, every manager these days has to pay attention to the metrics departments and how they make decisions. As part of your job, when you look at uh, Dave Roberts and knowing how metrics are a very strong part of what they do there, how do you decide when you're doing your pre- and post-game how to evaluate Dave Roberts' moves when you know that sometimes – it's an organization move predicated on numbers that have been handed to Dave beforehand. Bob Bruce, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, we, we talk about this uh, quite a bit. You know, obviously, especially in the postseason where everything is magnified. Uh, you're right. They, they get together. It's a collective group. And it's not just the Dodgers. The, no. the Houston Astros do it. The Yankees do it. So many ball clubs, you know, have game plans uh, throughout the season, uh, throughout certain series, uh, when, when you're uh, facing a certain ball club and w- what players need to play uh, against this pitcher, what pitchers need to face certain batters in a series. So uh, it's definitely – there goes a lot into uh, getting ready to play a major league ball game. But it's so difficult to decipher if you're a manager, whether you're A.J. Hinch, Dave Roberts, uh, newly uh, hired uh, David Ross, you have to understand, okay, give me the information – but as a manager, I have to know the pulse of my clubhouse. I have to know that that particular player, is he struggling currently? Uh, is he able to uh, face this batter tonight? Is he able to face this pitch tonight? He may be sick. There's a lot of things that go into it, not just with the analytics. So you have to find that proper balance. And I think Alex Rodriguez uh, said it best uh, at the World Series. You know, A.J. Hinch, who's been able to kind of – balance it out as far as analytics and knowing his players had the best pitcher in the game mm-hmm. Garrett Cole 
in the bullpen and didn't use them because, as A.J. said, the analytics told him to play these certain pitchers in these certain situations. Man, I'll tell you what, in the World Series, in playoffs, in a short series, a lot of those analytics go out the window. Players are different, or they attack the game differently, either better or worse, in the postseason. you got to remember, analytics for 162 games is great because it is a large, large sample size. But I know and I've seen players in a five-game series, in a seven-game series, either kind of crumble because of the pressure or rise to the occasion. And as a manager, you have to be able to decipher that. And I think David Ross will do a great job of that. And I know Dave Roberts has done a pretty good job as well with the Dodgers. This is the challenge uh, for the manager is to read his people, deal with the human factors, as well as all the information that he's getting from from all those different sources. I'd counter the Garrett Cole thing that A-Rod said by saying that Garrett Cole demanded he only go in if there was a lead and if it was a clean inning. That's a a personal issue that's getting in the way of your manager using you at at, at the best moment. But, you know, so there's all sorts of factors in there. Um, Speaking of Garrett Cole, are the Dodgers going to make a run at a big, big money, long-term free agent like Cole or Rendon after not doing it with Bryce Harper? Andrew Friedman's been very creative, but uh, is, is, it, is it time where they're going to have to dig in for something like that? I, I would say so. You know, anytime you got a guy like a Garrett Cole, uh, Steven Strasburg, two stud elite front of the uh, rotation type of pitchers, mm-hmm. you have to do your due diligence. You have to uh, kick the tires on those two type of pitchers. And Garrett Cole is a guy that's been dominant the last couple of years. He's a younger uh, version of a Steven Strasburg, uh, and he's a, an L.A. area kid. So I would be shocked if the Dodgers don't even at least take a look at Garrett Cole. I think they will. Uh, you're looking at your rotation now with Walker Bueller. Clayton Kershaw is getting a little older. And if you figure out a way to get creative with a contract and bring in a guy like a Garrett Cole, you can put him as your ace, have Walker Buehler your, your number two, and then have a guy like Clayton Kershaw be your number three. I think that would be the best rotation in all of baseball. When you uh, look at the Dodgers, uh, Jerry, uh, and you look at how they've uh, handled things, they haven't given any huge big contracts in the past. Um, is this something that you expect to happen this year? Do you think that they, they dig down and uh, Andrew Friedman opens the purse strings up in a little bit and, and decides, hey, you know, we, we have to get Cole. Uh, we have to get an impact third baseman like Rendon and maybe move our guy over to first base. Where, where do you think, well, uh, what do you think of the options are out there this year? You guys remember when the Cubs uh, haven't won a World Series in, what, a thousand years and the fan yep. base was starving starving for a World Series championship, and they finally got it in 16, right? The Dodger fan base is basically the same thing. (laughs) Dodger fans are starving for a World Series championship. They've been knocking on the door the last couple years, and I think this is the year where they uh, make sure they are overly aggressive on an elite free agent, whether it's Garrett Cole, Strasburg, Anthony Rendon, who's a stud third baseman. He's, uh, He's also a free agent. Maybe not only get one, but possibly two of those type of guys because right. those are the guys are difference makers. I think the Dodgers have been waiting uh, for that type of difference maker. They knew uh, they had a guy like um, Cody Bellinger waiting in the wings to, to, to take that next step to be that right fielder. That's why they weren't really as aggressive with Bryce Harper, and it worked out for them. You know, Cody Bellinger, the best right fielder now in all of baseball, 
But a guy like Garrett Cole, uh, you have to be aggressive because those guys don't grow on trees. Uh, and if he can be signed and be had, immediately you get a guy like Garrett Cole on your team or an Anthony Rendon, you are the favorite favorites to win it all next year. Oh, boy, the Boris Corporation licking its chops had a bidding war between the Angels and the Dodgers out there in L.A. for Garrett <laughs> Cole, man. That's... Don't forget about the Yankees. Don't oh, forget yep, the Yankees, absolutely. They're, they're going to be yeah. in on them. They're yeah, going to be in on them. You got a few behemoths like that going after your guy. You're going to those those numbers are going to climb like crazy. Um, should what's your take on Hyun Jin Ryu of White Sox or Cubs or other teams looking at him? Is he is, is he too injury prone to spend money on, or does he have bullets left in the tank because he hasn't pitched that much over the past few years? Well, he's completely healthy now. And I love Hunter Ryu. He's one of my favorite uh, guys I've ever been around. My last year was his rookie year uh, with the Dodgers, a guy that is never afraid of the big moment, not afraid of the big stage. And he pitched in big games in Korea years ago, so he's used to pitching in these type of big games. And you know, I'm hoping the Dodgers find a way to bring him back uh, because he was outstanding this year. He may win the Cy Young. He led, the, led, a, led baseball in ERA. Uh, had the best strikeout-to-walk ratio. And I think if you're a club, you're not afraid to sign a guy like Hunjin Ryu because he doesn't need velocity mm-hmm. to be dominant. You know, he's a guy that doesn't need to throw 98 miles an hour. He sits around 92 to 93 miles an hour. He's got a great changeup, outstanding curveball and slider as well. Uh, and he has command of the strike zone. So any club uh, who signs Hunjin Ryu, you're getting a guy who's a difference maker in your rotation. And, oh, by the way, he could swing the bat and looks great in a uniform. <laughs> hey, Jerry, Hey Jerry, what are you doing otherwise? I hear you're, you're dabbling in a little acting. You're also in a group that represents some players as agents. What's up? I'm doing a little bit of everything. You know, L.A. allows me to do that. Uh, I have appeared on the show called Shooter with Ryan Phillippe. Uh, I played a first officer Marine in making sure those guys were ready to go uh, off the war. Very nice. Uh, so that was, that, that was fun. Uh, and also doing a little bit of uh, representing some guys. I'm part owner of an agency. I, I represent Luis Gonzalez. He's a double-A prospect for the White Sox. Uh, Johnny Ornalis, who's uh, one of the best prospects in all of baseball. He's with the Rangers. And a, a, fun, uh, a, a couple other guys, too. So that's been fun. It's kept me in the game. Uh, and just being around those guys has also kept me young. Jerry, we appreciate your time and expertise. Continued uh, great success to you. I will see you at Vuk's party Sunday night. Uh, I know you're going to be there, and it's it's fun to be around my friends here in Arizona like you and and Jeff and uh, some of the people that are that are here during the offseason. So continued good luck. Matt and I appreciate your time today. Anytime, guys, and hopefully after a Bears win tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. Oh, yeah, we we a... hope so. We hope so. Uh, Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Take Jerry. care, buddy. No problem. All right, that's yep. Jerry Harrison Jr. I, I should have used my Mike Davis line on him. He he yeah. he, he would have got it if he's a yeah. Bears fan. Absolutely. And, you know, missed opportunity. Look you at know, you uh, name dropping with your party, uh, your party crashing. And yeah, of course. You know, you're you. not the only one. Uh, you know, with your music crap and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, there other people have lives too. I don't know if you know it or not. <laughs> no, I'm not interested. <laughs> this segment is brought to you by Lakeside Bank. Um, yeah, it's, it is. It is. It really is brought to you by Lakeside Bank. Um, Bruce, we'll step away, come back, and uh, talk a bit more about the, the baseball world. I want to throw uh, some teammates, uh, former teammates at you that just did something crazy and historic. Again, we'll do that next on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score.
You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse in 670 The Score. Bruce Levine out there in Arizona. Bruce, there is a, uh, a Platinum Glove Award since 2011. I'm sure you know. The fans vote among all the gold glovers. One guy from each league gets the platinum. There's now a Sabre component to the voting now, too. And for the second year in a row, your winners are Nolan Arenado mm-hmm. and Matt Chapman. Yes. Third baseman who were teammates in high school. Yeah, it must like, have been hard to get a ball through that infield. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Chapman was a freshman when Arenado was a senior. Arenado um, was a shortstop, I assume. Yes, he was a shortstop. Uh, but every once in a while, Arenado would want to pitch. And one time he pitched through a three-hit shutout, and Chapman played shortstop behind him. But my my goodness, the, the talent on that field at the same time reminds me, didn't Daryl Strawberry and Eric Davis go to high school together way, way back in the day? Uh, yes, so. Yes. In Crenshaw? The, Crenshaw in California. Yeah. LA. Yep. So, like, or like those Mississippi State teams with uh, Will Clark and Rafael Palmero and Bobby mm-hmm. Thigpen on them all at the same time. Yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, we just have a minute or two here left. I'll be here uh, this week for the GM meetings and, uh, you know, just to, to give people a little primer uh, going into it. So, no- normally the GMs get together, they talk about the rules. We'll hear about some rule changes that might be significant this year. I'll be reporting on the shows uh, Monday through Thursday when they end up and uh, we will have uh, hopefully some beginnings of trades and free agent talk among uh, the Cubs and White Sox. We'll be reading you every day on 670thescore.com and uh, hearing you on all the shows. Yeah, trade rumors, rule changes, good stuff from the GM meetings. Looking Call forward me to it. Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. You and Rosie have a good time. I know it's possible, and you will do (laughs) your very best to enjoy the next few hours. Uh, Yes, uh, I'm sure it will be better than this. Thank you, Bruce. All right, take care, buddy. All right, buddy. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Steve Rosenblum is indeed up next with me, Matt Spiegel, right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.